Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 126 for November 3rd, 2015. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find Klezmer Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Last.fm, Instagram, and I invite you to follow the Klezmer Podcast monthly playlist on Spotify. My guest on this episode of the podcast is violinist Alicia Spiegels, longtime Klezmer violinist. In fact, she goes way back to the early days of the Klezmer revival. I caught up with Alicia after her workshop and concert at Aaron Alexander's New York Klezmer series last week. She put on a wonderful concert uh, accompanied by Lauren Brody on accordion, Aaron Alexander on drums, and Marty Confurious on bass. It was a wonderful evening, and I'm very glad I was able to attend. So here we go now with my interview with Alicia Spiegels. This was recorded on October 28, 2015. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast and visiting with Alicia Spiegels after her show here at the New York Klezmer Series. Um, Alicia, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to meet you. I had a great time watching your show tonight with uh, Lauren and Aaron Alexander and Marty Confurious, who's been on my podcast before. Um, tell me about what you've been doing with uh, Lauren and, and how you got your group together for tonight. Lauren Brody and I go way, way back, and uh, years ago we had an all-woman band called Mikvah with the wonderful Yiddish singer Adrian Cooper, who sadly passed away a few years ago. And so, so this was a bit of a reunion, a concert re- reunion for me and Lauren, and we played one of the songs that Adrian used to sing, Sarela's Bas Mitzvah. Um, and it was sad but nice to, to play that together again. Uh, what I've been doing lately is I a couple of years ago I wrote a new original score for an old 1918 silent film called The Yellow Ticket, which is this crazy, strange, amazing pre-code thing. Uh, the story is it's about a young Jewish woman in a little town in Poland who wants to study medicine and in order to do that without any spoilers she has to live in a brothel in St. Petersburg but you have to see the movie to to find out why (laughs) Now, how did you come to do this project? I was approached by a film person uh, actually from the Washington D.C. JCC they have a very active arts program there and uh, he, wa- he was looking for a composer to commission to write something for this film. And that started a whole chain of events, unexpected events, because I actually knew nothing about film <laughs> at that point, but I loved it when he sent it to me. And after I wrote it, I got a grant to create a new digital restoration of the film. So actually, weirdly, I'm the only person on the entire planet who now has a a correct and playable copy of this film. So in the course of doing it, I learned a lot about silent film and and about Polo Negri, who was an incredible character. And I would love to do, if I could only get fun to do it, 
I would do a whole series of these. But for now, Marilyn Lerner. I wrote the music for pianist Marilyn Lerner and I to play live. And we've been touring it all over the country. We love sitting in the dark <laughs> and playing music, and nobody's looking at us. They're all looking at the screen, and you know, you just lose yourself in the music that way. And we watch the screen, and we follow every movement and facial expression and gesture, and it's just a blast. And have you recorded that score? Well, we actually recorded did a live recording of it at the University of Chicago uh, a couple of years ago. And, yeah, we just uh, released uh, a DVD of the movie with that live recording synced to it, but it's not available uh, except at our shows, after the shows. So it's kind of a rare item, but (laughs) it does exist (laughs) on the traditional Crossroads label. Oh, they're great, yeah. Yeah. That's the label that 20 years ago I released my solo album, Fetal On. Yeah, tell me about uh, that one while we're we're on the subject of recording. Well, that was a long time ago. At that time, Klezmer was all clarinets, and I wanted to make something very old-sounding, even older than old Klesmer clarinet music so I went back to that string and cymbal sound and I think it was the first album like that and since then there have been a lot of kind of early music style Klesmer albums that have come out since then that are beautiful and wonderful so I was glad to see that that the idea spread a bit and you've been writing new songs in that old style right you, you performed some of those tonight Yes, I had a fellowship at the McDowell Colony uh, the summer before last, and I wrote a whole bunch of tunes for that. And there was a a workshop before the show started and a jam session afterwards, and the workshop was kind of a revelation for me because it was a big band with brass, and they were playing my tune (laughs) when I arrived, one of those tunes, and I realized that that was the sound I had in my head when I wrote them. Like, even though I've been performing them on the violin, you know, with an accordion, actually, I really want a big 15-piece band with brass to play them. <laughs> so, and when You're I... You're th- in New York. You can, I'm sure you can find one. Uh, I think right here at the New York Klesmer Series is where I'm going <laughs> to find them at the workshops. <laughs> and then I also wrote a song cycle, uh, settings of Yiddish po- poems about mothers and motherhood as part of a LABA uh, fellowship at the 14th Street Y. It's a program where artists study Hebrew texts and then create art that responds to the texts. And my project was a song cycle, so I also did some of those tonight. With original lyrics as as well as the The, tunes, right? Well, the, the... Texts were Yiddish poems, old Yiddish poems that I set to original music. So I can't, unfortunately, claim those poems because they're by greats like Katya Maladovsky and and others. Great, yeah, those those were great. I, I enjoy hearing those songs. And so you were in, involved way back also with part of the Klezmer revival that started a long time ago. And how did you get interested in? In 
doing Jewish music to start with? Well, when I was growing up, I um, was a student as a child at a workman circle school in my in my little shtetl of Spring Valley, New York. <laughs> and so I had a Yiddish bas mitzvah. I read my haftorah in Yiddish. It was in my backyard. I had kind of an upbeat Jewish, not upbeat. Well, you know what? I'll call it upbeat. I meant to say offbeat. <laughs> well, offbeat and upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Jewish education. And I, part of our curriculum was we learned Yiddish songs. So... When I was a kid, I was listening to Seymour Exide, and uh, I was listening to WEVD, where they would play Yiddish folk songs, Martha Schlama, and cantorial music. But at that point, in the 1970s, they were not playing klezmer music, so I was coming up precisely in that 20 or so year period where klezmer had kind of faded from view. And then when I graduated college, Ah, one thing led to another. The cosmetics <laughs> formed, and um, but I, I already had that music on my radar. It was the music of my childhood. Uh, and did you have recordings that you would listen to? The, 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 some old Yiddish recordings or old violin recordings of some kind. Not violin and not klezmer because it really wasn't available, but Yiddish songs. So I had a Seymour Exide album, which I wore out, an LP. (laughs) (laughs) I was the only kid on my block, (laughs) believe me, in 1976, who was playing Seymour Exide. I was like, it was in heavy rotation with Led Zeppelin. Right. <laughs> Which is really, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, so it was, it's been sort of amazing and still hard to believe what's happened since then. I really thought I was the only kid on the planet who would ever have an interest in this stuff. But that has certainly changed. And certainly a lot more kids have gotten interested in it, you know, since then. I met some young people here tonight who I can't get over how young they are and how into it they are. It's really gratifying. Great. Well, uh, I won't keep you. I know you have to get home to the family, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, after your long evening here to to speak with me. Thank you. It's my pleasure.
Hi, I'm Sam Eastmond. I'm one half of the Spike Orchestra composition team, and you're listening to the Klezmer Podcast. Today we're coming at you from London in the United Kingdom. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Alicia Svigels, and we heard the track Simchas Torah from, I'm not sure what it's from actually, but she was accompanied on that track by pianist Marilyn Lerner. I'd very much like to thank Alicia for taking a few minutes out of her very busy evening to speak with me and for providing that beautiful track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. As always, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 127. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now. <laughs>